He said, God, if you spare my life one more time, I will worship you. And God said, are you going to worship me? He said, yes, I will worship you. And God added 15 years to his life. That was the purpose of God. So this is what God was telling me, that get into my purpose. And when he said that, everything in me just died. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Welcome to the Barabricus Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Today we are joined by my guest, Samuel Bangura from the Gambia. He's Sierra Leonean, but lives in the Gambia, West Africa. And our topic today is standing firm through the chaos. So Samuel is my brother-in-law. His wife is my sister, my best friend from childhood. We grew up together and we've been friends since like we've stayed together, lived together. So the reason why <laughs> I chose this topic was I know how life has been, has treated you, Samuel, and it has been like lots of ups and downs. And I don't know how you've been able to stand through, but I see you now and I see how stronger you are. I see how much better you are. And I'm like, this is just God. Because just before you got married in 2014, I remember you had just lost your job and I'm like... <laughs> Whoa, how are you surviving in this wedding preparation? Like, how are you doing this? But the wedding was awesome. I was a cheer bridesmaid. And obviously, there was nobody other person that Alice would have chosen than me. If he had chosen another person, I'll have questioned her. I know. But it was an amazing wedding. And for you to be in that position, how did you press through even in that time? Like you rightly said, my name is Samuel Bangoya. I'm um, presently uh, staying uh, based in the Gambia. Not presently based in the Gambia. I live in the Gambia anyway. This has been my home for 21 years. So I'm married with two beautiful kids. Uh, to the glory of God, grace is speaking. Mm, I like that. <laughs> so tell us about the process you know how you press through during the wedding time you know how i was able to go through the difficult moments the worst thing happened in life when you're almost there mm. believe me the worst thing happened in life when you're almost there i lost my job when i was like planning to get married settle down and move on with life and all that mm. devil show up his ugly head thinking that this one will deprive me or this one will take me backward from where i've been before or towards leaving the, the presence of god but to the glory of God with good people around. I know it's not easy 
Trust me, it's not an easy thing. You are a foreigner in a foreign land, and then you are not surrounded with your family, immediate family. But to God be the glory, God was able to guide me and protect me with people that I choose, uh, people I call my own, even though they don't know my background. We only met in the Gambia, but they took me in as their own, and they were able to ship me. with. In that difficult time, I have people I can turn to, and then I was able to go to it by the grace of God. I came out of it. So God be the glory with my wife planning. She was always by my side at that difficult time. And she said, I'm not going to give up. We are going to do this and we are going to get my... Can you imagine a woman saying that even when you don't have a job, I'm still with, I'm still here. It was a blessing anyway. It is a blessing, not it was. It is a blessing. We went through it. To have her by your side and be able to go through that at the beginning. Exactly. She was with me. So I came out of it and then I got a job. I was able to do the wedding and what's marvelous. It was great. And uh, I was so, so happy. And I thank people like you that was one of the main pioneers trying to make sure that nothing is missing. Everything is in place. You have a special place in our hearts. Your sister knows that. Thank God you are the godmother of our first child. So right. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you. So, and now two years into the marriage and Alice is pregnant again. And then... Four years. It was four years. Oh, four years, right? The devil show up again. Again. <laughs> you lost your job. And then it's like, at that moment, at that point, you know, as an African man, you're like, yeah, the ones responsible for the family. You know, your wife, your kids look up to you. The community will never understand exactly. how a wife should be working whilst the man, lo- like, it's very hard. Tell us about that time when you lost your job again. How did you feel as a man? Trust me. It was a difficult one. Like you're talking about the community. Beloved, when you are going through difficult time, don't worry about what people see. Because when God gives you an assignment or when God is working on you, don't be bothered about what people see. Mm. Okay, let me go to the question. Then I will chip in into that again. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say I lost my job because actually I was unemployed at that point in time. Four years into the marriage, my wife was heavily pregnant. I was going through some difficult times in my office. And I deem it fit for me the best thing to do is to leave this environment. One, the reason why is because the people I was working with are like brothers, and father and relative kind of. And I don't want a situation whereby things will get out of hands and then it will lead to something else. And regardless of job, I still owe them. They are still part of me. And then I still have that respect and love. But a lot of things were happening that was not good for my health. Mm-hmm. A lot of things were happening that was no good for my family. It was affecting me spiritually. It was affecting me physically. I was not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I told my wife, I said, this environment will kill me softly if I stay here. Mm. If not, things will go, yes, things will go bad and I will not be able to control it. So I think the best thing for me is to quit this job. Mm-hmm. And she was like, in the beginning, oh, why do you want to do that? She was heavily pregnant with my second child. Yeah. She was heavily yeah. pregnant. So I told her, I said, I want to leave this job. And she said, but you don't have another job. I said, God will provide. Mm. She said, ah, it's a difficult <laughs> one. But she believed in me. And then she trusted in my decision. And then I told her, we'll go through this. It will pass. Mm. We'll survive on whatever you come with and whatever I can bring to the table. We'll survive. But I think my peace of mind is more better than whatever financial blessing or whatever money that is coming in. I will make this money. I will come with it. And at the end of the day, I will still lose my life and mm. my children will not have me. Yeah. I said, so let's forget about it. 
And then let me move on because I remember, I think the thing was shocking me to the point that I think I was even diagnosed. I was almost at the point of having a blood pressure. My head was pounding heavily to the point that I couldn't even control myself. The back of my head, I would go to bed. I would not sleep. I would be wow. thinking because of, I was like, what is happening? What? Why this environment is behaving like this? Why this environment is not like this? Mm-hmm. I was enjoying my life really. But these things were happening. I said to myself, I need to quit. Peace of mind. So I left. So I told my wife, I'm going to leave. So at the point in time, I've, I've already proposed in my heart that I was, tra- I was supposed to travel to Europe. I said, when I come back, I will leave. So opportunities show up in the office whereby they ask all of us to reapply. And then I used the opportunity. I refused to apply for the job, mm. for the position, because one, a lot of things have happened. And two, I don't even know what I should apply for. And nobody mm. told me anything. Nobody said anything to me. So why would I apply and all that? I don't want to go into that anyway. So, but I decided that I want to just quit. Mm. So when they asked me to reapply, never reapply. And at the end of the day, the very months that my wife gave back, that's when they served me my termination letter because I refused to reapply. I was fine. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I was fine till the end of the year. My blood pressure went to normal. Hmm. Can you imagine? Wow. I know people will have blood pressure when you are not having a job. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my own took a U-turn when I was jobless. I was just comfortable. I had a lot of things. People were seeing all sorts of things. But I was having peace of mind. Mm. Because the thing is, I believe in God so much. It was all about God. So to the point that when I was going through these things, I have scriptures that was in my mind throughout. Okay, I have great men of God. I was at least having a reference point I can always turn back to. One of them was John 9. That book speaks volume to me about the blind man that was blind from birth. And then Jesus and the disciple asked Jesus, which sin has he? Is he the mother sin or whatsoever? And then Jesus said, no, it's for the word of God to be made manifest through him. And another scripture also was Job 2. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. No, that one is later. Talking about God having a, a conversation with Satan. And then God talked to Satan. It wasn't Job. He asked, I think they talk about when the children of God came and all that. And God asked them, where have they been? And then Satan also came and God asked him. And he said, they have been through the earth and all that. And he said, God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? So now this Job was a righteous man. He was one of the righteous people on earth at that time. Mm. Now that shows that this man was only towards the sight of God. There's nothing will have prompted the enemy to consider him to be a prey to him. But God chose Job. This was what's on my mind. This was what I was holding as my reference point that God, Job was a blameless man. He was doing well and all that. But yet still, you still send the enemy towards him to attack him for your words to be manifest. This blind man was born blind. If you are born blind, it's different from when you're blind in the process of your life. If you are born blind, if they're talking about a car, you don't know what is a car, you don't know what is a tree, you have never seen it before. If you are born and then in the process of your life, you became blind, as of sickness, you know, when they talk about tree, you know what is a tree. When they talk about car, you know what is a car. You can feel, you can see him. Yes. So now this man was from his childhood, from back. And, you know, Jesus is now telling his disciples that it's for the word of God to be made manifest to him. So I said, then whatever I'm going to, it's not as a result of my sin. That was what was in my mind at that point. I didn't know that God was trying to talk me to certain things. Because, beloved, um, as I'm saying now, at that point in time, I was going to church. I was in the technical department. I was doing things that I think I was doing right. Not knowing that arrogance towards the things of God. I was not in the purpose of God. I was not in the priority of God. 
why am I saying this? I remember year after year, year after year, I went to Bible school. I finished Bible school. I was ordained as a minister of the gospel. Most of my colleagues are pastors. They have their own church and all that. But I never went deep into the things of God. I think I came back after Bible school. I also went into discipleship transformation in our church. Yeah, school of discipleship. Good. School of discipleship transformation, yes. So it's like I was not just an ordinary person. I was like... Loaded. At least I know the Bible. Yes, I was loaded a bit. So now the church wants to use me to serve God in another platform. They gave me opportunity to be a deacon. I refused. Like I was not ready to take any portfolio or any challenge towards the things of God. I was just full of myself. That's how I would put it. I was just full of myself. They were asking me, oh, he wants to make you a leader. Oh, I'm not interested. I was just living the good life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so when I see this thing happening, it's like something was telling me now God is stripping you off like Job. God mm-hmm. is stripping you off every for his purpose. Yes, because I was fasting. The more I fast, the more I find myself in difficult position. I remember most of the times when I finished seven days, 14 days, 21 days fasting towards for a job. I will remember I wake up after the end of the fast. I find myself in pit. I find myself discussing with my uncle that died two years ago. And these are demonic dreams. These are not dreams that are for progress. These are dreams that are for these are setback dreams. You should not find yourself in pit. You should not find yourself in talking to a dead somebody. Talking to a dead exactly. But it's like the enemy was having the time of his life over my life. Trust me, I was not sick. Nothing happened. This blood pressure that they think that I think was I was getting into because as a result of my job stop, my life, blood was normal. And the environment where I was, people were saying all sorts of things. I was never bothered about it. People telling me, oh, they suck him. People were calling me, oh, why you are not working? But sad that they suck you in your, in your job. I said, that's what they say, fine. But nobody sucked me. Those that I can explain to, so those I was not bothered about, I was never bothered about. But even at that point in it's like God was using me for my family. Mm-hmm. My wife was working. She got the, um, the appointment for the job she was for like, when the uh, when she was like five months, four months, five months pregnant. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. You employ five months pregnant. Yeah. Woman. That's a miracle. Yeah. So I used that opportunity. Okay, get this job and then we'll survive on whatever you come with. Mm. So that was the job. That's what we were living on. But she was not given six months leave. So mm. I have to be with the child. So I was the one with the child taking him to daycare, picking him up. So in that process, I was not even having my car. My car wrecked down. It's like God was stripping me of everything. everything. Nothing up to happen to the car. I think I remember... We went for a wedding. I was using my car for a wedding. And somebody said, oh, you are busy in the church. I was supposed to sign because I was one of the godparents. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, oh, you are using your car. Um, you are going to sign. Let me just drop some people off at the reception hall. And then I will come with the car. This person is a good driver. Mm-hmm. The person took the car back. That was it. The car never and then the car never starts again. So I tried to fix it. Nothing. It's like God was just stripping me off everything. Trying to get his attention. Yeah. When you talk about stripping off, I'm just like, <laughs> knowing Said is like, Said is his middle name and that's what we call him no inside it's like <sighs> side doesn't go to church <laughs> before he wear the, the dress that he wears to church on the sunday <laughs> probably takes like six months or one year or you'll never wear it again hardly repeats clothes in a year that one is true i never hardly repeats them in a year and the shoes side had more shoes than his wife 
So talk about somebody who was <laughs> who was very good at dressing. Like he was upbeat when it came to his dress code. Whatever he was doing, he wanted to make sure that he was good at what he was doing. He had everything that he had. So when you talk about you being arrogant in church and not responding to certain things and then talk about being stripped off, I guess this is where God was working because, well, I think we used to tell you that you were a very proud person anyway because of the way you act, but not in a bad way. No, no that's right. Mm-hmm. Even my wife, sorry, I'm not cutting you off because at some point my wife never loved me because she never liked me because I remember when earlier around 2009, 2010, if you talk about Saito, she will get upset. <laughs> she don't want to hear about it. You said that boy that bluffed to me, that boy that is arrogant, blah, blah, blah. But that was just me. If you know me too well, you know that I'm not arrogant. I'm not. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're down to it. It's just that. <laughs> it was that when it came to dress code and all of that, <laughs> he will dress to the T. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, well, God have a plan for me. So, those things all, it's like all those things, it's like I lost it all. Wow. All the good life and all that, I was just there. It never clicked to me. Wow. Okay, I was still I was still going out. I was taking care of my kids, take them to school, pick them up from school, stay with them at home till the mom come back. And then I would go and also in another form to get something. At least I was not just there, but I was taking care of the home. I can remember when she goes to work. I have to clean the house. I have to wash their things because our machine, it's like everything was just getting out of the way. The washing machine was spoiled. Everything was just, get, so I have to wash with my hands their things. I was just doing what I should do as a father. And then at least I was able to do it. I was able to bond with my kids at that point, even though it was difficult. I'm glad that you did that because some other men will be like, she's the wife, she's going to work, let her come back. <laughs> you come and take care of the kids. You come and cook, you come and wash but I'm so glad that you were able to do that because not that the position in the house changed, the roles just changed. You are still the head of the house. Yes. Alice is still the wife, the helpmate, but just roles change, not position. She just had to work and you be no. at home, you know. Exactly. But it doesn't make you any less a human being, you know. I really appreciate you doing that, yeah. I told her when I came back, when I traveled before I came and left my job, and when I was in Germany, a friend of mine told me, oh, you are going to leave your job because I explained to him. And I told him, no, I'm not leaving. I'm going to leave the job, yes. And he said, okay, then seek asylum and stay here in Germany. And then with time, you will bring your family over. I said, no, mm-hmm. I'm going back to my family. And when I get back to my family, whatever I can provide, we eat at peace. So it's not about the material thing. It's not about yeah. anything. I told my wife that this life is not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't be bothered about me. It's about you and my kids. And I want to make sure that I'm around whatever to take anything. And to the glory of God, she was so supportive. She's so supportive. And then she's just something else. I cannot thank God enough for her. I cannot thank her enough. I cannot thank God enough for her life and all that. She's all to me. I, nobody should cross their path. If you touch them, you touch me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's how important they are to me. So I was not bothered about anything. So doing those things for my family was a joy. And I would still love to do it till my dying day. I would still want to do more. So those are the things. So those two scriptures I told you about. Yeah, that's very important because as a man, you are the head of the home and you're also the covering for the family. So you making that decision that, you know what, my wife and kids are more important, especially the fact that Alice was pregnant at that time, you know, it's like, I want to be there. I have to be there. It's no longer about me, but about us. So that was very, very important. So during the difficult times and all that, I was praying, I was fasting. But it did not occur to me that I was still not listening to God. Mm. I was still just doing things my own way. Like I said, I was fasting and praying and then I would find myself in peace until I discussed with a friend of mine. And then he told me, um, that was in December. 
And then he told me, what is happening to you is strange. And then it's not strange. It's strange in the sense that because you are you are a Christian, spirit-filled, you pray, you fast and all that, but yet still this difficult time, the devil is trying to get a feast of your life. He said, so you have to do some things and then you have to pray specifically about those dreams. Mm. There's a man of God, he gave me some things I should do, declare seven days fasting, use anointing oil and salts to bath and all that. I did them. So immediately after I did that, for seven days, that was the beginning of January, the first of January to the seventh, and then I did those particular, I should say, consecration and then... <laughs> <laughs> a past consecration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the seventh of just one month after that, I got a job. Mm. Just one month after that. Yes. But like I said, even when I got a job, it's not a job that I will look forward to. But I was like, I'm still not the person I'm, I should be. I still need to do better. Mm. So one day I decided that, okay, during the lockdown, this coronavirus thing, and then I said, I want to study the Bible from cover to cover. Because when I started working again, my wife also, their office closed down. I don't okay. know how this God we serve is just something else. <laughs> how can somebody just start working? I start working in March. And then the government declared state of emergency. She stopped working. But because of my position in the office, because of my position, they needed an accountant and they have never had an accountant for since they set up the institution. It's um, this tourism offices. So they wanted me to set up their accounting books and all that to do a year backlog. So it was that work I was doing. Yes, I started from last year to this year. Mm. So throughout March, April, I was the only one working while she was at home taking care <laughs> of the kids. I don't know how God is doing his thing, but let him keep doing it. I will still yeah. trust him. Do, like Job, he said, do you slay me? I still trust him. So I decided I want to study the Bible. So I take the Bible and I started studying the Bible. I get to the point of, I get to Joshua. Beloved, Joshua is a book that nobody should joke with. Joshua is a powerful book. I would advise everybody, every Christian, to study Joshua, understand it. So I studied Joshua. Joshua 1, in the process, from Joshua 5, 1 to 11, mm. after Moses died, God was talking to Joshua, telling him that this book of the Lord should not depart from me yeah. and all that. And then he talked about, verse 5, talk about his purpose when he said, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you also. So that thing hits me so hard. God is trying to tell me something that I should get into his purpose. God is trying to tell me something. And then the other one is, in, I think it's in, um, in the same Joshua verse 8 that he talks about, tell my people to meditate upon his word day and night. Yeah. So yes, he talked about it. And then he said, this book of the Lord should not depart from you. You should meditate upon it day and night. And then so you may have good success and all. So those two scriptures wake me up. Mm. The purpose of God. Yes, something. Ezekiel was sick at the point of death. All the prophets said, there's nothing we can do. This one, you are going to die with this sickness. And Ezekiel turn his face to the wall and said to God, he said, God, if you spare my life one more time, I will worship you. And God said, are you going to worship me? He said, yes, I will worship you. And God added 15 years to his life. That was the purpose of God. So this is what God was telling me that get into my purpose. And when he said that, everything in me just died. My attitude towards God changed immediately. When I say immediately, immediately. Everything about God becomes my priority. Everything about God becomes my focus. Mm. And then it was during the lockdown, and then we are not going to church. We are having home sales, meeting at home and all that. And then I became a pastor in my own house. People in the church, neighbors will come. And it's like, I find myself preaching. I don't know how it comes. And then we went back to church. I was so zealous. Everybody could see that there's a fire in me to the point. One Point. Sunday, your father... You like, preached one Sunday, right? Yeah, I preached one Sunday for the, kids, the children ministry. But before then, I went to church and then I was just there. And then Reverend 
called me up in his office and he said, you know, I'm in the intercessory team. Mm. We are part of the intercessors, intercessors in the church. Mm. So he just called me upstairs and he said, the council have decided that we want to hand you over the position to be the intercessor for the church every Sunday. So you have to come to church as early as nine in the morning from nine to nine thirty with all the leaders and you have to be leading until we decide otherwise every Sunday. Yeah, Lord, use me. I could not say anything other than that. Wow. I've been rejecting offers, like I've been rejecting positions and all that. So even when they called me to, to speak on for the children, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the Sunday school, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. So they asked me that, oh, the supervisor said, oh, we have prayed about it and then we want you to speak on the children's day. I was like, what? <laughs> he said, yes, this is the... I said, really? So I've made up in my mind that I don't want to reject anything yeah. that is about God. I just want to get into his purpose. Yeah. You know that Sunday when I saw the video I called you guys I was crying I was like oh my god I was so happy for you <laughs> I was so happy I was like oh my god I am so happy because looking back you know where you're coming from to where you are now like I was so proud I was literally crying <laughs> and he was like why are you crying why are you crying <laughs> Can you imagine coming from a Muslim background? I remember the first time in church, I think all of you were there. Before I went to Bible school, we were doing the Bible studies and then they asked what is the shortest oh, verse in the Bible. You were the one? And somebody, <laughs> yes, I'm still. You're the one that answered the question? I said, I was the one that asked Jesus the question. Jesus cried. <laughs> <laughs> so now look how far God has. Yeah. The, the scripture says Jesus wept, but he said Jesus cried. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I came from a Muslim background. I've not been to Bible school. I was just trying to get connected with things of God and all that because of the youth we have vibrant. And then this thing came up. They were asking, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? I just raised my hand. I think somebody was trying to signal me. Jesus, it was making the sign. So I just... And yeah. I said, I said, Jesus Christ, and everybody. That thing became the landmark whenever they see me. But I took it with good faith. So now ask me Bible. I can quote Bible for you. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm so, so proud anyway, of you. Let me get to my point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they asked me to preach and they gave me the scripture. It was the theme, the church theme anniversary. It is the theme of the church, Luke 5, 4 about Peter and the encounter between Peter and uh, Jesus when he used his boat and all that. So I went that Sunday and I blew the entire church away. I did not even know how I did it, but I was so much in fire. And that thing took another turn, but to God be the glory. So now every Sunday, I mean, when I just find myself doing the things of God and I see God taking me to places and to heights. I don't know where it's leading me to, to the point now. I've already formed my own prayer group online and I'm teaching people because what um, Jesus said something to Peter. After I asked Peter, who do men say I am? And then he, Peter told him that you are the son of the living God. And then Jesus turned to him and said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Yes, flesh and blood have not revealed this to me, but upon this church, upon this work, I will build my church. So that was what I was like reading. And then I understand, I get the point where it talks about when you come out of this 20 in brethren. So when I came out of my own difficult predicaments and all what I've gone through, that's when I decided that the only way I can be of help to others is to hold their hands in prayer. We all need somebody. Mm. Nobody did that for me. So people were encouraging me and all that. Yeah, they did that. They prayed for me. Let me don't say nobody did that. But nobody went to the point where they would say, okay, 
come with your problems and all that. I will stand in you in the place of prayer. Yeah. I will be with you. I will fast with you. I will do this for you like I'm doing for others. So that scripture speak volume in my life when Jesus said to Peter, when you come out of this. So that was the only thing I hold on to. He said that because Satan has decided to have you. He said, but when you come out of it, that because he was talking about Jesus and Peter betraying Jesus. Yeah. He knew that it would be a difficult time for Peter. So he told him, when you come out of that situation, strengthen their brethren. So that was what I was just holding on to. That yeah. when I come out of this, I'm going to do something better for the Lord. I'm going to do something great for the Lord. That's how my journey has been. I've learned something from everything you've said right now that one is when you are in the Lord, like as a Christian, yes, you are going to church. Yes, you are praying. Yes, you're doing whatever you're doing service. But sometimes we are doing all of this. Sometimes for eye service. Sometimes we are. We feel like we're doing it with all our hearts. Sometimes we think that we are praying, but we are not actually listening to what God is telling us. Yes, all of those things are good. Pray, serve in church, do whatever you have to do in church. But one thing I always say to my friends, my family around me, I'm like, your relationship with God is very, very important. Have that relationship with him because no matter what you're doing, what you're doing outside should portray, I mean, should be a reflection of what you're doing inside, whatever you're doing behind us. Like Breakers Corner for me, I say that in my corner is where I plan, I pray, I do everything. When I step out, I'm going to do what I have already prayed and planned. I'm going to now step out and act on it. And that's when you see me outside. Whatever you're doing for God, the most important thing is to have a relationship with him and hear what he's telling you. Another thing I got is that whatever circumstance you're going through, don't let what people say get to you. You have to block your ears to whatever other people, because a lot of people are going to try to bring you down. They're going to say a lot of things about you, whether it's true or not. You know where God has called you to go in that faith. And the third thing I've learned is that once you lean on God, once you trust me, God will strip you off everything. Once you come to him, you say you become vulnerable, you surrender to him. You say, God, this is my all. I surrender to you. The Bible says that any branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, he cuts it off. So he's going to definitely cut anything that is not making you bear fruit. That is not making you show forth his glory. That's not making you manifest what he has called you. He's going to strip you off of it. So it's not easy, but once you align yourself in God's word, he will always bring you in the right direction. And you see you going higher and higher, just like he's taking you right now. You don't, I don't know. And you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be an intercessor. Even in your workplace, God will use you. Some people think that they have to become a pastor to become who God wants them to be. No, you can be who God wants you to be at your workplace as an accountant, as an artist, doctor, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever God has called you to, you can use manifest himself in whatever field you are working in. Exactly. Because the thing is, when God is ready to use you, he will put you in an unstable environment. Believe me, when God is ready for you. Now, that's why I said, get into the purpose of God. When you get into the purpose of God, then your life, just align yourself. Because God can use anything for his purpose. We saw in the Bible, God used donkey, God used fish, God used harlots. Which was a Moabite, mm-hmm. God can use anything for his purpose. The safest place you can be in this world is in the purpose of God. Yeah. That's the safest place you can be. So without anything, just get into the purpose of God. Just align yourself. That's true. And for me, for example, coming to US, it wasn't even my plan. Like I didn't want to, but he directed and ordered my steps. And when I came here, I realized that God was started stripping me of things, letting me know where I've been exactly. wrong, correcting me. And I'm like, okay, now. 
now I need to align myself. Yeah. I need to bring myself into the purpose of which God has called me. To. Bring yourself down. Let him use you. Don't use yourself because if you use yourself, it's temporal. At the point in time, God will allow all those high heels to be off your feet and then you will, you will come down. So allow God to use you. Don't be proud. I was there. I know how it feels. I know it's a good thing to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Get your own, my time and all that. <laughs> but as long as it's not for God, my brothers and my sisters, bring yourself down. Let God use you. Vanity upon vanity. That's what the Bible says. No, no, no. no. Those ones are not important. Yeah. My last question would be, what encouragement have you got for people that are going through things? I know you've said a lot and I just want you to encourage somebody because sometimes some people go through a lot of things and they're like, life is hard. I'm not going to do anything. You know, even in the midst of Ali's not, I mean, being able to work, you're like, once she comes home, I need to go and find something as a man. You know, I need to go and also work and make some kind of money and bring it home because I can't just sit still. So you didn't look at society. You didn't look at what was going on around you. You said, I need to fight. I need to push through. What encouragement can you give to someone to just continuously push through? Like I said, two scriptures that keep me going. One was Job and the other one was the blind man. Okay. Those are scriptural. Now, when you are going through a difficult time, stay focused Mm. towards the things of God because you don't know what God is trying to get you to Stay focused. That is not the time to play chicky chicky. <laughs> Stay focused for the things of God. Yeah, because whatever you are going to is temporal. It will not last. But stay focused. Find his purpose. Get into the purpose of God. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. His friends came. His wife came. They said all sorts of things. He will have listened to them. Oh, this God. Because there are times the situation you will go to. But listen what he said. He said to Joshua, I will not leave you, nor will life forsake you. Even whatever you are going to, God is with you. Whatever you are going to, he knows exactly what you are going to. Whatever you are going to, he did not say that problem will not come. He said, I will not leave you. That's the promise. That's another thing. He said, I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. That means even if you are going through the fire, I will not leave you. He said that to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if you are going through the water, I will not leave you. So the purpose of God comes with his promise. When you get into the purpose of God, I remember people were telling me, people were calling me, telling me, why are you still in the church? This is where you were working. And they said, you stole money. They said, you did that. They said, you did that. I'll be going to church. People will stop me. I'll be going about my business. People will ask me, why are you still in that church? I told them, I'm not bothered about what people say. Yeah. Trust me, most people would have left the church. But I was not bothered because I know what I was working towards. I know I trust in the Lord that God I serve. Whatever I'm going to is temporal. So I was not bothered to listen to the waves like Peter was distracted by the waves and the fish and then he removed his eyes from God. My eyes was fixed on Jesus. Your sister Esther called me and then he said, he said, I almost fight with somebody today. I said, why? He said, the person said, somebody called me and he said that you stole money in your office. I said, Esther, I'm not bothered about what I've had a lot of things, even from people I'm fellowshipping with. They have said all sorts of things I've had. But I never confront them. I never ask them. I see them, I smile because I was not bothered about them. I was just doing, I was just focused, trying to focus on God, even though I was not into his purpose. But at that point, my eyes was on Jesus, that Lord, you will take me out of this situation. Not until he was able to pull my ears that get into my purpose. Most of the times we go to church, we think that we are in the purpose of God. No, align yourself to the purpose of God. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Going to church every day and all that does not make you a real spirit feel or doing the things of God. No. Jesus was fasting 40 days at his high peak of intense spiritual life. The devil came and tempted him. Can you imagine? Yeah. If the devil would tempt, tempt Jesus, Jesus at that me. point, who are you, my brother? 
So get into the purpose. So anybody that is going through difficult time, I feel your pain. I understand what you are going through. That's why I said this in one of my prayer group that if you are having difficult times, you need somebody to fast with you. I'm always available. I said that because I know how it feels. And that one has changed my prayer topic. Most of the times I find myself praying for people that are sick, people that are jobless and all that, because I, I know how it feels. I've been there before. So if you are going through a difficult time, my brothers and my sisters, whosoever will be listening to this podcast, please stay focused with the things of God. Don't be distracted. Be like Peter. Don't be like Peter that removes his eyes from Jesus and then he starts to sink in the water when Jesus asks him to walk on the water. Focus on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of your feet. Whatever you are going through, you will come out. Job came out successful out of his predicament, out of his problem. You will get out of it. I get out of it. I was able to come out of it. You'll be able to get out of it. So stay focused, get into the purpose of God, get into his priority, and you will see the promise of God. That's all I have to say for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this leads me to the second segment of the podcast, which is highlighting a barrier breaker. And for this segment or for this episode, we are going to highlight Dr. Titi Obayomi. And she was a Barabrika of the month of April 2020. And one of the things that I learned from her story was this was somebody that, you know, she was finished high school. She's studying. She wants to become a doctor. And she had her friends and her crew. They're all in the same class going forward. And then at some point, it's like she was not passing her exams and she had to reset her exams. She had to go back a year, you know, repeat a, a year just to be able to make sure that she was focused, make sure that she was studying well and passing that those exams and then move forward. And in that, her friends had to leave her behind. And she like, I can't imagine me flowing with my friends. We are all in the same class. And then at some point I had to repeat my class and them going, I don't know how that is, but she had to go through that. And she realized that God had to allow that to happen. We not see the bigger picture when God makes you take a step back. Look at the story of Naomi in the Bible, Ruth. You'd see that uh -huh. <laughs> she, from her country, she moved to another country. She went with her husband. They had two kids. The kids died. The husband died. And she's returning back to her country. And it's like, how is that possible that you left full and you're coming back empty? You know, it's like you have digressed. Exactly. You never progressed. You know, you thought you were progressing, but you digressed. But then in that step back, it looked like she had, she was going backwards. I had this YouTube video that I did about this story of Naomi. And I said that sometimes you need to take a step back for God to move you forward. Like when David was killing Goliath, when he used the sling, the sling had to be moved backwards for it to hit the target. So sometimes God has to take you a step or two back or three back for you to be able to move. I mean, for him to propel you forward, for him to take you forward to where he wants you to be. Maybe there are some miracles that, that I has aligned for you. And so that step back is just what he needs you to move forward. And so for me, that's something that I learned in her story. Even me coming to US, I know some people will be like, oh yeah, I knew us. And it's like, yeah, going, it's like you have moved forward. But for me coming here was like a move backwards because as a manager coming back and starting life afresh, starting at the low level, you know, when I moved to this country, I started as a babysitter. I didn't start as a manager in any company. So it's like I had to move all the way back and I was still earning my money. I have bills to pay. I'm not going to sit down there and do anything, but where I am now, it's not where I was a few years ago. So a step back doesn't mean that you have lost it, you are bad, you are crazy, you are mad. 
sometimes you need that step back for you to move forward. And that's very, very important. That's one of the lessons I learned from her that no matter what step it is that you have to take backwards, thank God, like the Bible says, give thanks in all things. Just do that because God is going to propel you forward. You never know. Like I always say that it's more on the other side of you breaking that barrier. You will never know until you take that step of faith. And so maybe sometimes taking that step of faith may mean you taking a step backwards. And that's the lessons I learned. And my question for you is what lesson have you learned in 2020? Oh, a lot. <laughs> a lot of things is there to take home and a lot of things is there to be grateful to God about. Because 2020 has taught us something. That our life, like I said in the book of Joshua, that I like, I love the book of Joshua so well. Now, 2020 have taught me particularly something about life. That all that we are looking forward to, all that we are seeking for, and all those things are not really things that we should be bothered about. Let our life be all about God. Now, most people have lost their job. Most people, businesses closed down, businesses shut down, businesses crumbled, stock markets crash, and all that. Before, most people, when you tell them to go to church, when you ask them to about church, they were not bothered. Oh, my job, oh, my studies, oh, my business. Now, we get to a point in 2020 when all those things we are shut down, offices we are closed. I don't know about the Western world, but in Africa, when they close down, they close down today, they pay you for today. Some people even went home without salary, <laughs> starting from a match. Wow. But throughout these seven, eight months, people have been without job, but God take care of them every day. So it's not about you. I learned something that this our busy, busy schedule, busy time that we are always busy. We don't have time for God and all that. Who has kept you this far? That should be your question. Now, since January, okay, let me say since March in Gambia, most offices closed down since March. But you have go to bed every day with food in your stomach. Mm-hmm. You sleep on the roof every day. You move about your life every day. Mm-hmm. God has kept you this far, even without salary. So that thing alone speaks volume to me. Yeah. That this one that we are trying to acquire all this thing and to forget about God. It's a big mistake. It's a very big mistake. Now, your life goes whatever form you can do and all that. Like you're talking about going backward. Going backward is good for every Christian. Believe me, going backward is good for every Christian. Now, imagine the, like I told you about Joshua, the scenario between Joshua Moses, the pastor, we, and the children of Israel, that God have to turn to Joshua. Now, all they knew in their life was Moses. Manna from heaven was Moses. <laughs> the Red Sea was Moses. They seek music. The serpents beat them, the serpents stuff. Moses, everything they know about God is Moses. Everything they know about life is Moses. Because they were with Moses, everything was fine. Now, Moses died. They cried, they lament, they did everything they can. And God now turned to Joshua. God did not cry about Moses because Moses was God's best friend. God now turned to Joshua and said, as I was with Moses, did you see that? Yeah. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you also. I will not leave thee, nor forsake thee. So 2020 have taught me something that even though I may have been in that office, I was the manager, I was the this, I was the that. Now, this office has shut down. Life is not about that job. Life is all about God. Right. Because God has kept you this far. People have died. Thousands have died of Corona. But you wake up every day, your family is intact. People, everything about you is intact. So for me personally, like I said, it's all about God. I've learned something that I should not play with the God I serve. 
Right. There are so many other things that life will have taught us during this 2020. But for me, like I said, it's all about the purpose of God. Get into the purpose of God. People are crying, oh, why should they shut down the mosque? Why should they shut down the church? Why should they shut down the, the place of worship? And then they open all these things. Yet still, people are not going to church. Right. Can you imagine? You are telling me the safest place to be is in my house, not in the house of God. For <laughs> us that are going to church since they opened the, the restriction, have we contacted Corona? Have we died of Corona? Right. And then yet we still have not learned the fact that this thing is not about me. It's all about God. Yeah. You go to work every day. Some of these people that say they don't want to come to church because of the corona restriction. They are going to work. But they go to the office. Every day. They go about their business every day. The one day that you're supposed to come to church. Exactly. The house of God. The house of God where you should not depart yourself from. And you are telling me that, oh, corona is in the house of God. I've been to church for, since the open church. I had any member in my church contact with Corona. But yes, there are members in the church that are refusing to come to church. But then you have like, still you guys follow the rules and regulations. We do the rules and regulations. All have that. the hand sanitizers. Well, I've seen no, the pictures. If you get into the purpose of God, you will not be bothered about Corona. Yeah. Believe me. I just spoke earlier when I just spoke about Ezekiah. He was sick at the point of death. Mm. Even all the prophets gave up that you are going to die. Mm-hmm. He just turned his face on the wall and spoke to God. That Lord, I'm ready to get into your purpose to worship you. Mm. I'm going to worship you if you spare my life. And God said, if because you promised to get into my purpose to worship me, mm. so that I will not use stones to worship to worship me, because you decide to get into my purpose, he added 15 more years to his life. Get into it, and then you will see what. God will do in your life. Yeah. I mean, that's what he has taught me this year. He has taught me to be firm in the things of God. That's why, like I said, he break all my egos, my pride, my this, my that. He break them away. And now all I do is about Jesus. You call me midnight hour. Anytime you talk about God, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to enter. I'm ready to dine with the things of God. I can do my extra things in life and all that because say a man should eat, a man should walk yeah. and eat. Yes, yeah, I will do that. Important. But towards the things of God, God has taught me that it's all about him. It's all yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. It's not about anything. So I don't know what others may have learned, but for me, I've learned that I should be in the purpose of God. That's what I've learned this year. That's very, very powerful. Like put yourself in alignment, just focus. All of this is just God. For me, I lost my job for like for a total of six weeks. <laughs> And someone would say that's nothing, but I was going crazy. I was like, oh my God, I need a job. You know, I need to, but God, like I was at peace, but I was like, girl, you need to go find a job. And God still provided for me. God was still there for me. And the Bible says, if a man plants his way, God directs his path. Just plan yourself and God will direct your path and keep being in his purpose. And he'll always be with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. This takes us to the third segment of the podcast, which is an LTT topic. And that's a Let's Talk Tuesday topic that we've discussed on Barabrica's Corner on our social media page. And we kind of discussed like the followers on the page would discuss it, would comment about it. So I pose a question and everyone will comment. And this is one of the questions that was really also... (laughs) very major and had a lot of contributors. But I always like to bring them back on the podcast to get a different view. So the question is, is it possible to forgive and forget or is it impossible? You see, forgiveness is not about the person in question. Forgiveness is about yourself. Mm, Okay. Yes, forgiveness is about yourself. Now, why do you want to hold on to a situation of the past? Why do you want to go back to things of the past? And why do you want to keep being bitter about things that the person himself that may have done it to you or whatever the person did cannot even recall that this is what I did? That's aside. Now, it depends on the situation. It depends on the person. 
You can forgive and forget. It depends on the situation. There are some things you forgive and forget easily. There are some things that you forget, but it will be a landmark. You can use it as a reference. Yeah. Because my, I was staying with my grandmother, not my biological grandmother, but I did not grow up with my parents. This is why I am so desperate to make sure that my kids are with me at all time. I was not privileged to grow up with my family, my parents and all that. So growing up, I was with relatives and all that. And I saw life taught me a lot of lessons, difficult times and all that. So one of the situations I have at the back of my mind was when I finished school in this Gambia, and then I was staying with my grandma, not my biological grandma, but as a relation, 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 I ended up with her. And then she said the daughter was in America. She only had one child. She was in America, a very big woman, late 40s or 50s. She was now having a child at that point. And then I was staying with her, with the mother, old woman. She was in her 60s to 70s thereabouts. So I was doing literally everything. And the promise they made to me was, okay, I should stay with the mom. And then they will take me to school for my education and everything. So I was with her. But, you know, as a young man, you want to enjoy the good life. All they want me to do is to stay in the house 24-7. I should not go out. Yes, exactly. And nobody should visit me. That was something that was eating me up because this was not something I was used to. I used to enjoy my life before I get to that point. So now I'm at a point whereby they say I, all these things should not happen in the house because I'm supposed to be there in the morning. I have to go to the market, come and cook and wash and clean. This is all they wanted me to do. Or if I have to go for cl- and studies, I go for studies. So now at a point in time, they refused to pay my fees. I was doing AAT at that time. They refused to continue my fees. And then at the middle of the situation, they kicked me out of the house. I was a very young boy at that time. They kicked me out of the house. Now, when they kicked me out of the house, I moved in with one of my cousins, not biological, but somebody that wanted to rescue me. I stayed with him and for a while he also kicked me out. But the good thing about it is that before he kicked me out, he was able to connect me to a place where I was able to earn something at the end of the month. So now, my grandmother that kicked me, the promise she made to me was I'm going to further your education to the highest peak and then I will take you to America, blah, 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 blah. Now they have kicked me out of the house. Anybody will be bitter. My uncle, that is my biological relative that was in Freetown, did not know about this thing. So he gets to know about it after a year or so, because for him, they are taking care of me. So he was fine. And I've not been in touch with my family for like about eight or nine years at that point in time. So this thing happened. I was left in the Gambia all by myself. My dream of furthering my education crash, my dream of America crash. But life move on. So now let me cut this long story short. Get to the point of me going back to Fritz. And that was, this thing happened in 2005 with my grandmother I'm talking about. So in 2014, I went to Freetown. After years, I've not been in touch with any of my relatives. I think about 14 years. And then my uncle for about that same time. So I went to Freetown to tell them about my wedding coming up in 2014. So when I went, I sat with my uncle. They were happy to see me. Oh, we thought that something bad has happened to you. We know that Gambia is full of boys dancing in the hotels. We thought that maybe you have gone into that thing and all that. I said, no, I don't know where I was going, but I know where I came from. So because this is not what they taught me in the initial, I never went into drugs. I know I did womanize as a young man. I have a couple of girlfriends and all that. But I never went into drugs. I never went into alcohol. I never went into bumping, dancing with for old women. I never did that. I was still focused. Even though I was constantly trying to make ends meet, I have something at the back of my mind that... You want to be somebody? Yes. So when I went to Freetown, my uncle asked me a question. No, sorry. I asked him about the old woman. I said, how is she doing? I was just concerned. 
because at that time now God has transformed me and all those things. So he said, how is your grandma? I asked how is my grandma? And then he said, oh, she's in America. She has lost her senses. She cannot recall of things and all that. And he said, we are not even in touch. I said, why? He said, because of your issue. I said, my issue. He said, yes. I said, what happened? He said, because they did not do what they promised to do. I was so upset. So I cut them off. I said, no, whatever they did to me, has helped me to be where I am today. Today, wow, right. I said, so I have nothing against them. I said, so please, if you can connect with them, talk to them. If I can have their number, I would love to call them and appreciate them for what they did to me. That's what I told my uncle. My uncle looked at me. He said, are you insane? Are you okay? <laughs> I said, no. I said, I have nothing against them. Why would I be bitter? Indirectly, it was time for me to move. God wanted me to move. So if you do not take that drastic step to move, God will move you. That is life. God will send people your pathway that will disturb your peace until you move. So don't be bitter about them. That's why I'm an intercessor now. I intercede. I pray for people in the church. That's why I don't have enemies. The best thing to do is I pray for them. So I've got to that point whereby if anybody offend me, anybody hurt me. The best thing is to do is to pray the demon that is behind you. It's not the person. So you can forgive. I forgive them. But I never forget what they did to me. So to so forgive and to forget is a difficult thing. I did not forget because it was something that taught me a lesson. Yeah. It was good for me because it helped me to be the man I am today. So I hold on to it as a yeah. good point of reference. You can use that as a testimony. Exactly. I can advise somebody. I can teach some. I can encourage somebody in that life. Yeah. It will make you not treat another person that way because of how you felt you know yeah that's very true you can forgive and forget but to forget it's not like you forget totally no you know some of these things don't come to my mind mm -hmm. i only see it like like when somebody is going through it or like when somebody asks me about forgiveness i can forgive the moment i decide to walk away from my job I decide to forgive all the people that we are hurting. I decide to give, and I'm still with them. I still blend with them. I still move with them. We still be ugly, shaken. We talk normal. We don't even relate to that thing of the past. No. Can you imagine one year, six months with two child and a wife to take care of, no job, and then you are still seeing the people that make you did what you have to do, and you still smile with them. It's a painful thing. But Jesus called Judas his friend. So why would I be bothered about what somebody have done? It's, some of them, is a promotion as in, in disguise. Some of the things that happen. So so please forgive is possible to forget is possible but you don't forget totally because some of these things you just hold on to them as a reference point for me i can forgive and forget i don't hold on to grudges i don't hold on to things against people when i see you i'm a plain preacher if it's something we can discuss we discuss if it's something that we cannot discuss i let you go i have nothing to do with it you just be your own i be my own stay on your own side i say on the other side of the river and then we can still relate but I have nothing against you evil. So yes, you can forgive them. Yeah, I like the part that you said to forgive is not about the other person, but it's about yourself. So whoever you have to forgive them because it helps you, it rescues you. It's like you being delivered from a cage or from a prison. It's for yourself. It sets you free. So forgive whoever has hurt you, forgive them. If you don't, it, there are some blessings that you would miss because of that unforgiveness in your heart. I would advise anybody in that situation to listen to Tyler Perry and Joel Austin. He went to Joel Austin's church and then he was talking about forgiving his father mm. and then he wanted to do this comedy thing and all that, this acting, acting thing. But the thing that was hindering his progress was as a result of unforgiveness, unforgiveness. for his father. Yes, because of what his father did to his mom. Child abuse and, and violence and whatever it is in the house. So 
he was holding on to that thing and that thing disturbs him. He could not get a breakthrough until God spoke to him to forgive his father. Right. And when he forgive his father, he started blowing up. So forgiveness is all about you. So if anybody wants to learn furthermore about forgiveness, listen to Telapegi. It's a very good testimony that anybody will learn from about forgiveness. Yeah, yeah his testimony. hinders your health. It hinders your progress. It holds you back. It holds your, your peace. Yeah. Health is important. Forgive and live at peace with yourself. Forgive and live at peace with yourself. On that note, we'll end this podcast. Thank you so much, Said, for this wonderful time that you've taken out to spend with me and interview. I know I said Said, but it's Samuel. <laughs> we are all used to calling you that. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you for taking this time out. It's almost 10 p.m. here, and that means it's 2 a.m. in the Gambia. So, <laughs> and he hasn't slept yet. I'm so grateful. I am super grateful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm grateful. At least this is an opportunity to share whatever has been my burden, whatever I've gone through, so that it will strengthen somebody's faith and it will help somebody to get out of it. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful to God. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they can-